the best podcast. Fourth time's the charm. Ben Tucker! Another episode of Fourth Time's the Charm, starring me, Ben, and Matt. What's up? Here we are. What's going on? Not too much. I'm going to try to I'm going to try to reclaim the energy there after that intro. You know, it, it's it's been a good week. It's been a big week. Lots of music's coming out. Lots of things are happening. You know, the world's getting, you know, back to a false normal that's eventually going to be destroyed by its own ignorance. But, you know, we're cruising. CDC said you don't need to wear masks inside now if you're vaccinated. But, like, you know, who knows who's vaccinated? Masks are done. Back to America. But how are you doing, Ben? If you're getting news from us... Something is really wrong. Yeah, if, if all of that wasn't old news, and you're like, "Wait, really? I can wear my? I don't have to wear a mask anymore?" Or you're like, "Man, people are dumb. I should just keep wearing my mask." Either way, if this is the initial point of that opinion, I'm sorry. Go back to school. So, Matt, what have you been doing this week? What have you been getting up to? Uh, I mean, well, same old, same old. You know, working, chugging along, doing the cruising. Um, but a lot of it has actually been preparing for this week's episode, uh, and in like a bunch of multifaceted ways. Uh, one thing I did this week was scare a group of children. Who, oh yeah, who, tell me. Okay, I know, I know. This is your, this is this is your gimmick: terrifying children. Think about it, guys. He lives in L.A. What? Oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, Harvey Weinstein. So I'm sitting in my car outside of school during lunch, eating a Subway sandwich, and three kids that I work with come walking by. And they're across the street, and my windows are rolled up so they can't hear the music I'm listening to or anything. And they wave, and I wave back. And then they decide to walk over to my car, which made me feel nervous because, you know, I'm a dude sitting alone in my car in front of a school. And hello, hello, like, Mr. Friedman, Mr. Friedman. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, hey, Mr. Franklin, can we, can we hear what music you're listening to? Because I paused it and rolled down the window. And I was like, um, you sure? I listened to, like, not approachable music which was my exact language and the kid goes yeah man i like everything and i'm like all right and i look at what was playing and i knew it didn't have any curse words or any words that would be intelligible but i had no idea what part of the song i was in because i just flat muted it that's when you mute it matt that's when you send it to mute and you slowly bring it up yeah see i i just went from mute to not mute (laughs) Oh, no. Not mute for Matt is... Loud. ...peaking. Yeah, and so it was, like, my, my volume on, like, the little, like, progress bar of volume in my car was at, like, 65%, which is pretty loud. And I, I, I start right when I hit unmute, it goes... Jug, jug. <laughs> Just instantly. In the lit... I swear to you, the kid jumped. Like, in Matt, air, it was, like... vocabulary word of the podcast... What, what, what? Uh, you just violated me with that audio. <laughs> you should see the audio projection of Isaiah. It's just like a flat wall of like blue. I'm going to have to edit this afterwards, you asshole. <laughs> Fuck yeah. No, I legitimately scared children with music. So, and it wasn't the al- one of the albums that I'm going to talk about today, but it was, it was in a similar genre, which I, actually I will talk about that album later. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's kind of my highlight from the week. I haven't watched anything good. Actually, I did watch one thing good. I watched the first episode of Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Have you seen that, Ben? Nope. Never heard of it. It's a it's another young adult fantasy novel that's been turned into a TV show by Netflix. That does not sound good. It's okay so far. And uh, well, The only thing that I really like about it is I never read the book, but I went and read the entire plot synopsis on Wikipedia. 
And in, in this world, part of the ocean is obscured by, like, a black void that has, like, monsters in it. And it's, like, super dangerous to pass, right? And it's called, the, the black void itself is called The Fold. You know, all of this is basic normal fantasy crap at this point. But apparently in the book, they refer to the area inside of The Fold as, and I shit you not, the unsea. Okay, this is terrible. I'm never watching this. No, no, don't worry, Ben. In this show, they go out of their way to never say that. It is a, a conscious edit, because I, like, I looked up like a breakdown of the first episode, and they pull a lot of dialogue directly from the book. And even in that, they were like, yeah, they removed the word unsee like four times. Yeah, good for them. Yeah, Great they, call. They Great made a right choice. Call. So what have you been up to, Ben? Tell me about your week. I literally haven't spoken to you all week. Matt, as you know, I am the ad sales superhero. So I've been cruising around my mental metropolis. I went home to Kentucky over the weekend. Sweet home, Kentucky. My parents collected before I did, mm-hmm. right? They were the ones who sort of got me into collecting because they collected action figures. They went to all the wrestling shows. They were the ones who dragged me along. And I was just looking around our house and they have so many things that I just forgot we had or I didn't even know they had, all right? So I'm just peeking around and I'm finding all of these collectibles that I mentioned in the episode we were talking about. Oh, shit. I found, for example, Hulk Hogan's first U.S. figure, the Rocky figure. They just had it in a bag just filled with LJN and Hasbro figures that are in mint condition. Wow. It's just sitting in there next to these AWA Remco figures. And I'm looking at it. My dad told me they had never opened this bag since they bought it. Wow. They were wrapped in a newspaper, Matt. Each of the figures were wrapped in newspaper. Do you know what the date on that newspaper was? 1991. 1995. Ooh. So pretty close. Spicy Pretty people. close. So that was a lot of fun. That's I incredible. Have, I, I now have a mint condition Haku LJN figure on display in my apartment, which is a $600 figure. Oh, shit. People love Haku, apparently. I don't even know who that is, and I love Haku. But yeah, I I screwed around. I sent you some photos, and I posted to our Instagram. Um, I'm I'm literally making a post right now. I put a picture of myself up wearing Randy Macho Man Savage's actual entrance hat. Like his original entrance gear. Yeah, ring worn, right? I think we have, like, a full gear set, like, with the jacket, too. I think. That stuff would be so creepy if you didn't, like, like if I didn't know the context of how you got all of it. My, well, I didn't get it. My parents got it in around 2001, right after WCW went out of business. He sold all of his stuff on eBay. Like, right when eBay was first a thing, you could buy a lot of things for very cheap. Like, that's how John Stamos bought the Disneyland sign. Did you hear that? what yeah the original like classic disneyland sign that's like out on the highway the the signature 1955 disneyland entryway yeah was sold on ebay in like 2000 and john stamos bought it and it's still at his house like he doesn't even have a place to put it It, it's just against a wall in his backyard that makes me upset well no he john stamos 
is a huge Disney fan. He has like ride vehicles. He has oh, those wow. red devil things. We're going to do a Disney collectors episode because with me, you always have to have too much of a good thing, but like, we'll, we'll get through that. I'm excited for whatever it turns out to be. But we got something else today, Matt. Yes, we we've do. got about we've got about ten minutes <laughs> past what our intro should have been. This is this is good. This is personalized vamping, Ben. I think. See, as we continue to workshop the podcast, in which we workshop other podcasts, uh, we're, we're slowly realizing that it's the personality that holds us together. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, bro! All right, so Matt, I just gotta warn anyone who's listening to this in advance. Like, this is gonna be the widest take on rap that there's okay okay we're getting to that hold on i have a whole bit i have a whole all right i have a whole sentiment okay so let me let me introduce this podcast ben hit me hit me with with some some intro music that goes from one genre to the complete opposite i was just gonna play ice ice baby in the background play ice ice okay is we're gonna do i'll send you the file the the actual like uh wave files for the ungfell album and then you have to intercut that with ice ice baby I, I want to see what it sounds like if I just overlap the two on top of each other. Do it. Like you do Ungfell with the Ice Ice Baby. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, you got to do it with the jaw harp, though. Boom. All right, we'll get to it. Hold on. All right. All right. So intro music is happening. Da, 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 da. All right. Welcome, everybody, to As Above, So Below. This is your weekly music review podcast where we take two albums, one from the top of the charts and one from the bottom of the underground, and we see how they compare. This week, we have two tremendously powerful albums. In our opening underground slot, we have Ungfell's new release, S. Groot. And the, the king of the meme, the man who quit on Hot Ones, DJ Khaled's new album, Khaled Khaled. And what what level did he quit on Hot Ones, man? He, he got to like the fourth wing and then bitched out. Wow. He was he was That's the first move. person to ever quit on Hot Ones. Really? I'm I'm eighty percent confident in that statement. So so that's the Khaled rule. Yes, that is the Khaled rule. Um, he literally started shitting on people because of how bad DJ Khaled did on the show, and that's indicative of the music we're going to hear today. But before we get into that. I just want to give a little background information on the two albums we're going to be talking about and on the podcast that we're doing today itself. Um, so this is, again, this is my driver's seat. Ben is riding along in shotgun, ready to provide opinions that Choo-choo. are informed and in line with me. Well, so, Matt, I just need you to know that I am one of the foremost rapping journalists oh, yes. on the planet today. And I don't mean that as in I know a lot about rap. I mean, I'm a journalist. Who raps? Can can you give us a uh, quick quick little freestyle, Ben? I can throw a beat down for you. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right, ready? Yep. Boom, 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 boom. My name is Ben, and I gotta say, I like recording podcasts every day. The editing is not quite as nice, but I like to do it while eating rice. I said, hey. Ben, boom. how are you doing? I said, some boom. days better, some boom, days loony. Boom. And then boom. I talk boom. with Matt, boom. and I figure out this podcast's <laughs> where it's at. 
Oh, that is an improv class put to good use, Ben, and I love you. Yes. That, that to, to to be frank and get my opinion out of the way, that's that's better than half the verses on the DJ Khaled album. And as I've, as I'm sure you've heard Ben allude to, we're talking about a hip hop rap album here, in addition to some black metal, um, which we're much more qualified to talk about than the rap album. So, but, but okay, ben, I so was... I I feel like we we gotta shift perspectives on that. Matt is. I would say in the top 0.1% of people to the metal scene, like that is his music. He follows it as close as I follow pro wrestling. He knows about metal more than anything. His brain is like 60% metal. Oh, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like 55%. Right. Anyway, me, I know nothing about no music. I really like the Carousel of Progress song. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow because tomorrow is just a dream away. Hey, Matt, man has a dream and that's a start. Oh, God, you're still here. Uh, So, yeah, as 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 Ben so uh, adequately displayed. We come at, we come to music from a diff, different level of perspective, and I I will clarify as well with some of the music we're going to listen to today. Ben's exposure to some of these genres of music have been exclusively through my tastes in those things. So if his opinions seem confusing to you, as a fellow black metal elitist, uh, yeah, that's 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 probably why. And and, and again, to clarify the DJ Khaled thing. We're not really very qualified to be discussing his music because, one, I don't listen to, one, Billboard Top 20 music, or two, DJ Khaled, because he sucks. But I did put forth the effort of going through about five or six different reviews of this album to make sure that we were presenting not necessarily a populist opinion, but an informed opinion that wasn't just like, unbased compared to everybody else yeah matt i was scared when i started listening to this album and i because i went in blind i knew nothing about it me neither and i was i was really scared when i'm at song three and i'm like oh my god i hate this i really hate this yeah so let's let's just let's just jump into it before we keep shitting on this shitting on everything let's start i made let's start I made a series of notes on Khaled Khaled. Oh, thank you. I I, did, I, yeah. did, I, I, I couldn't bring myself to write down words about this album. Okay, then then I guess I'll take the lead here. Well, let, let me intro the album first and intro DJ Khaled, who, who he is. Um, because likely we're going to have like 15 fans and you're probably going to be metal fans, maybe. Or you'll like wrestling, which means you probably also don't listen to DJ Khaled. I, w- uh, I want, hey, hey, you know, okay, we're going to get one person outside of us who's going to listen to this so i want to know who that is yeah, so if you're listening to this on like our soundcloud or if you're on like our twitter or instagram which oh yeah i set up a twitter matt i guess or youtube you. like and subscribe yeah if you're on any of those just comment just say something just i just want to know who you are if you like the dj Khaled album tell me everything about your life because i want to know how you've gotten to this point and not died dj Khaled better known as Khalid Muhammad Khalid, uh, was born in 1975 and is professionally known as DJ Khaled. He's done... Thanks, Wikipedia. You're, I'm literally... I'm going to be out. I'm reading Wikipedia right now. I mean, like, he is one of the most popular and synonymous rappers and producers of the modern age in my... in, in 
like I think a very generalist opinion. He's a radio hit. He's like a club hit. He's a barbershop hit. You'll hear his music, and he does scream his fucking name at the beginning of multiple songs. And that, we'll get to it on this album. Yeah, he's this, kind of the last of a dying breed, right? Is that I think he's, so. He's a producer whose whole thing is he gets together other artists to do music for him. This is personified on this most recent release. This is his 12th album, coming off of what was reviewed as one of his worst albums of all time, uh, Father of Assad. That album was panned across the board. Um, this album, his 12th album, is, you know, functionally a compilation. Um, as, as Ben mentioned very well, is that what, he, what DJ Khaled does and what he's done across several of his records is get together his friends and the people he likes. He gets, like, people like Drake. He gets people like Little Baby. He gets people like Little Wayne, Cardi B, Her, Migos, Megan Thee Stallion, Post Malone. And a bunch of other people that he's worked with across multiple albums in the past because he just likes those people and they like him. And he just, I assume he makes the beats in the backing track and then just has, and either writes the lyrics for them and has them ad lib in other parts, or he just gives them stuff and then pays someone else to make the beats too. I'm not sure. Right. Um, so, and so now we're I'm here. I'm just going to say from my perspective, Mm-hmm. I legitimately came into this assuming this was going to be a good album. <laughs> okay. This is too. not the music I normally listen to, but I was like, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. This is a uh, Billboard we, number one album. We we kicked it off with Thankful. By the way, Matt, I was reading reviews of this. The number one review I read from the Rolling Stone was, this is a boring album, and that's a good thing. Which what? I thought was so weird. They're, yeah, because they're like, it's a return to normalcy after COVID. No, so it's, the fact that what? it's boring plays to its strength. It, we're more, we have more valid opinions than the man who wrote that, man or woman who wrote that article. All right, we start off with thankful. So with Ugh. thankful, I'm still thinking like, okay, you know, maybe we got something here. Let's see. I wrote... Hate the sound, but the underscored soundtrack with the triumphant undertones is nice. Except for it builds to nothing. It True. like it's it's just there. It's just like a ah, ah, and then that's all it fucking does. What I will say, this song has one of the best lines in the whole album, I think, which is "White chalk makes street angels." Yeah, that's, that's pretty lyrical. There, I think I think that was a little Wayne line, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> to show, show show our dramatic level of ignorance about there uh yeah yeah so thankful all right what what, what uh, do you have any other notes for that song fun no no we don't we don't get the more notes until like song four. Oh, good that's that's when ben lost hope and just started bitching <laughs> yeah, yeah so, every so, chance every chance i get literally i say nothing to it yeah so yeah every yeah every chance i get is a is again another very boring song in my opinion little baby and little dirk are good they are like little baby specifically is like really coming up i think his song on me and uh the the song he features on the song called drip too hard i listened to both of those today and they were actually pretty good same with little dirk i didn't really listen to anything that i can recall the name of um but it was like it was good for what it was it was well produced he's got good verses um but it's just another misaligned song. And I think that is most, the, the misalignment, I think, is most clear in the song Big Paper. 
Yo, big paper. But this is this is the song that turned me around. What? I was like, no, I don't think this is very good. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I will say another uh, one of my favorite lines is is in this song, which is I have five number ones. You have five number nuns. Like Ooh, it's baby. petty, but but that's also one of the issues I have with this whole thing mm-hmm. is that. This is like toxic masculinity, the album. Yeah. Every single song is about being poor and then having money so they're better than you. And if it's not about that, there's about two or three songs where it's about having sex. Justin Bieber has a feature on this album, everybody. For some reason, across from 21 Savage. And again, we're not the most well-rounded people to be talking about this. But I can echo the opinions of people on the internet that say that that is a terrible pairing. And Justin Bieber literally pretends he's post malone who was on the track before it and sings about how he's sad that he's happy that he's not poor anymore and that kid got famous and wealthy at like 10 years old and he's like i mean he probably has severe mental issues so oh for sure i also i also think he didn't write that and was just reading someone else's lyrics oh absolutely well i but that's something i was wondering i was like did dj kala like do the lyrics for all of these because every single one of these is like its own take on the same concept. Yeah, because he's boring and has no opinions. Well, I, one of the one of the most interesting things that I heard, and this really struck home with me when I, I so I listened to the album once through while doing things, which is always how I listen to an album for the first time. Like I see if it can capture my atten- attention while I'm doing something, and if it can, I always go back and give it a really close listen. And I was playing video games while I was listening to this, and it, it it never captured me outside of it being annoying, and we'll get to the part that's at the beginning of every song. But I listened to it, and then I went and watched a couple reviews. So, And one of the, one of the things I heard from uh, the reviewer, Sean Key, was, and it's a sentiment I agree with very, very, very closely, is the fact that you can tell that the people doing features on this album do not give a shit. They like they're not even trying. Like again, I mentioned an, another little baby song that has some. I mean, why would verses. you give a shit? This is like a favor to your friends, where it's like you know you could make so much more money if you just do your own thing. Like they're not really benefiting from this. And honestly, the whole thing with this album, right, is that it's a collaboration between all these top stars. Yeah. But if you're not the top star, you're just one of like twelve you're going to put a lot less effort into it because it's like, oh, this doesn't matter because you well, know, actually, one of a dozen. So so, so actually, Ben, that's actually, from my understanding, not actually that correct in regards to the really? genre of music. So huh. it in this genre of music, especially with this feature-heavy aesthetic like this, getting a feature alongside like bigger names, y- you should be trying your absolute hardest and that's what a lot of artists in this genre do when they get onto these albums is they like burn their heart and soul into every single lick until the end of the song so they stick out because it's all about sticking out i get that but like when you have people like jay-z beyonce justin timberlake who are already up there like bieber is already up there it's like if you're at that level already do you really need this 
those people don't. And I, yeah, I agree with you, but even then right. when, when they're inspired or like excited to work with a friend, like when me, like if you asked me to be in a movie with you, Ben, I'd give it my goddamn all, even though it's from working with someone who I know every day. And you'd expect that out of like your friends, especially people who you featured and are paying to be on it. And it's clear that like these people just don't care. And then he features no real like up and coming artists. He, he he exclusively features big names across the whole thing, you know. And some like classics. I I, I heard that Bunju Batan is like a, a like very intense old school, very like respected guy. So I, I'll say he's valuable. We get to we going crazy. My oh. notes. All caps, we not the best music. Oh, this no. This was also about being rich, but now under the theme of being, quote, crazy, end quote, if you couldn't Ooh. figure it out. I wonder if DJ Khaled is an economist with how much he talks about money. Does he back the gold standard? We keep, quote, going crazy, but when are we crazy? Did you write that, or is that a quote from the album? <laughs> No, that's what I wrote. I, this was my stream of consciousness as so, I was listening to this song. It, it sounds like the ravings of a man who's about to be hung to death. And, well, I get your feelings. Well, that's that's what happened in I Did It. I See, I Did It is actually, in my opinion, the my second or third, probably second favorite song on the whole album. But just to, uh, I'll hit some things for uh, We Going Crazy. Her, H dot E dot R is a great artist. I think she's like very good, but she does not, it, again, it shows the lack of effort in, in so far as that he put her with Migos, who just doesn't fit her aesthetic at all. Like it doesn't go well together. And this is another underproduced song where there's bits where the beats underlying the verses do not line up. They're just there and they're just rapping over them like DJ Khaled forgot to finish producing the album. And then we get into Post Malone, Megan the Stallion, and someone else because it's not loading all of the names. What do you got for this did song? Did you do it? Did you do it? You the did baby. it. Okay. Uh, I wrote, why is best music another one at the start and end of every song? DJ Khaled! Isn't the point to bridge them together? Guess what? A song about how we weren't rich got rich, and now fuck everyone else because they're not rich. How many people are in these songs? Can anyone really make these out? It's the Brady Bunch of musical groups. It very much is. A, I agree with you, Ben. I think I think people who listen to this music a lot can pick them out. I will say that. But I, yeah, I agree with you. It's just, it, it makes no sense. And I, I, I figured out why I believe there's the, this is the best music. Another one. DJ Khaled is on every single song. And it's because he does not care about releasing albums. He cares about releasing singles. And he knows that no one's ever going to listen to this from front to back. And it's just going to be songs that are on the radio. And if he doesn't put his name and the same pitch at the beginning of every song, how will you know? Uh, Yeah, it's more of a branding thing. And, you know, that's actually a good point for the album as a whole. It really seems like a battle of the bands to see who has the best version of this one song he asked them all to do. <laughs> yeah, and and one of the, and on the marketing standpoint, it turns out I, that I, I honestly feel like if he presented it that way, that would have been awesome. I think, I, of I, course, I, you know, then there'd be a winner and a loser, and we can't have that. 
there's just losers on this album. Besides Popstar, because that song bangs, uh, but it was also released over a year ago as a single, and he threw it on this album to make it more popular. Uh, well, we're not there yet, Matt, nope. <laughs> because up next is my favorite song. Oh, no, are uh, you I didn't serious? Bother, I, well, I didn't bother listening to it because <laughs> I already heard it so many times from the movie. So what? let it go. Didn't know that it was considered a rap song. But, you know, I think it's a beautiful song. It really works great with the animation. Uh, Let It Go is an iconic piece of, uh, of of cinematic score. Don't you think so, Matt? I don't know what song this this movie the song is in. What, Frozen? Oh. Oh. Let It Go. Let It Go. Oh, baby. That, that, was, that was one of your better ones, Ben. That 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 is the funniest moment on this podcast. I don't I don't understand. I'm sure. Okay. Well, anyway, in an alternate universe, I did listen to this song. My notes: really getting limited on the lyrics, aren't we? We're rich, but money can't get us everything. Although, since we're rich, it really doesn't matter, does it? But hey, we're still rich, right? So let's talk about that. I then said, this is like those YouTuber houses, but the music version. Yeah, this does very much feel like the reality TV of rap albums. I wish the songs would fight each other. I wish <laughs> We Going Crazy would attack I Did It, and then oh, Let yes. It Go would come in and try to break everybody up, and then they just keep going at it, and it would result in a body in motion. You know, you know what we need? That's a great pitch, Ben. You know what? We, we need a reality TV show uh, called Khaled the Khaled Zone. Where DJ Khaled works with like twelve of like the biggest rappers and gives them all the same material and tries to see who can produce the best song. And every week they compete, and then we just like violently eliminate people from the show. Hey Matt, do do you know what DJ Khaled orders at a pizza place? What Ben? A Khaled zone. Now we're in the least funny part of this podcast has ever reached. You know, we're <laughs> we're hit, we're hitting the full range here today. <laughs> Um, this yes. song is ridiculous, and I, when I first heard the song, I thought it was the Post Malone feature, because literally Justin Bieber is pretending to be Post Malone on the intro to this song, and he sings about not having enough money, which makes no sense. No, no, no. I, it has my favorite line in the whole album, this song. It says, give me neck like an ostrich and a lobster. <laughs> I, I looked it up online. That's what the lyric is. Give me neck like an ostrich and a lobster. That, I, I, I'm, look, I'm currently making sure that my favorite, yes, okay, we'll get, we'll get to it. I have, I have a favorite line coming up on Sorry Not Sorry. That's, that right. is offensive. Yeah, we can, we can move on to this song that is now, no, is now a, uh, a, a cover of a Post Malone song, which is hilarious because he's on the previous song. All right, now we're on to Body in Motion featuring Bryson Tiller, Robbie oh, Rich, I'm sorry. and Little I Baby. I, no, no, no. That quote what? is in Body in Motion, not Let It Go. Oh, okay. We're on. We're already on to Body in Motion. See, I've forgotten yeah, about this album. We're on Body in Motion. I am a Body in Motion out my window. Another one. DJ Khaled. Is that for Popstar or for Body in Motion? Who knows? All right, Popstar. Yeah, Fuck the actual hit on this album. Yeah, I didn't like it. It's bad. I, yeah, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I wrote, I want to live a long time, die an easy death, 
have a nice wife, get good gas mileage, invest in a diverse portfolio, etc. And back to money and sex again. But we have pop cultural references in this one, I guess. This sounds like the same beat from like two songs ago. I'm pretty sure it is because DJ Khaled forgot to produce this album. Nice. Yeah, no, I don't have anything else to say about this song. It came out like I thought, a year I thought and a half this was, ago. I thought this was your favorite song on yeah, this album. I have nothing to say about it. Wow, wow you well, really hated it. It's the most song on the album. Like, of almost all of these tracks feel completely undone. And there are some songs that have some really good verses. Like, the Jay-Z bit on this album is good. Like I, I mentioned earlier, the sections between one savage is okay. The Migos, the Cardi B thing is all right. The little baby's good. This song actually feels like a, a fully produced song. And say, same with the other Drake feature, because I'm pretty sure Drake was like, you're not releasing an unproduced song with me. And I don't think anyone else gave a shit. It seems like Drake doesn't give too much of a shit on this track, but like at least it's a finished song. So it's like instantly my favorite one, because it's an actual piece of music, not just like a, a draft. I mean, it all sounds the same to me. Uh, just like This Is My Year, where I wrote more sex, more poor, more money, interludes nice, and I like Diddy. Diddy's great. Yeah, Diddy it. Diddy it up. All right, so we don't you need to talk- Diddy me? No, I want to talk about the song Sorry Not Sorry, Goddammit, which features Jay-Z- What, what the, the Bitcoin song? Yes, Ben, the best line of the whole goddamn album. Here, here, only kings stand near me. Silicon Valley money mixed with Henny. That's F a D half a century almost sliced the green like a lawnmower. Till we all on never fall off. Hear a boss talk. You don't hear me. That's your loss. Winner in life. Fuck a coin toss. I'm coin based. Basically cryptocurrency Scarface. That is the fucking best part of this album. That is the best lyric I have heard in a long time. Because for some god-awful reason, Nas is comparing himself to Coinbase and cryptocurrency. Boom, there it is. Look at wealthy me. Wipe your noise. History, my type of clothes. The time I spit this, I started some other business. Yeah, my favorite part of the song is that Beyonce is credited in this song because she says yeah yep once i think she says hey for for this song i wrote what a fucking name a i guess i'm canadian for this song hey baby is jay-z just giving out about being a fucking weirdo i forgot that being rich makes you a good person yeah jay-z just sort of goes off like three quarters of the way through the song and he's like i'm rich so nothing i do is bad that's very much his own opinion yeah now we're on to just be which i was so dead by this song (laughs) i was so done i i wrote i wrote for this one hearing all of these rich people talk about how successful great humble and amazing they are is a really great listen much like rick flair's woo justin replaces what he can't remember with just be but at least it isn't about fucking and money as much why can't we have a rap about I don't know, Mega Man or something. Always be you, unless that means you're fucking poor. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I was I was really done. I wasted my my Wednesday evening <laughs> listening to this. 
I watched Miro on TNT destroy Darby Allen on AEW Dynamite, and I follow that up by listening to Justin Timberlake say "just be" fifty times. Yeah, it's a terrible album. Justin Timberlake needs to stop making music. Justin Timberlake, more like Justin Timber mistake. Ooh, <laughs> boom shakalaka. <laughs> All right, so back to back to the album that we're so demoralized on, we're losing energy to talk about. We're, let's let's just run through this end. We have "Can It All Be" or "I Can't Have It All." You already do, you rich bastards. I put, "I was poor, now I'm not, but I remember I was poor." I want a reality show of these people just forced to live with each other. Meek Mill sounds like he's twelve. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we have the next song featuring Drake again. It's a song featuring Drake. And then we have the final song of the album, Where You Come From. No, no, which no, is... no. Uh, Greece, Greece, Greece was the one where I really broke because it was named Greece. I put, please DJ Khaled, not another one. I can't take it. Please, no more. Guess how fucking rich we are. We're loaded. I, I'm typing in all caps at this point, by the way. <laughs> good we're loaded it's so amazing what you can't do we're so successful let's talk about that projecting no (laughs) why is this called greece when he keeps speaking and talking about france which he does in the song he he keeps talking about going to paris and he says we we but the song's called fucking greece like it's not even close it's they're opposite ends of europe I love it. I put, is the end of the song him giving out about his girlfriend, these people need therapy? They do need therapy. <laughs> like, what What the hell was this song? Like, name it Name it France. You know, name it Paris. Name it Notre-Dame-de-Calais. I speak French also. Like, name it... He's proud of it. Oh, name it Chantilly. Name it anything else. Let's go on to our next and final track of this travesty of an album, Where You Come From. And this song, Matt, this song is my favorite song of the whole album. This is the one song where I loved it. You and everyone else who reviewed the album, actually. I was so confused when I started listening to Where You Come From (laughs) because I don't understand the lyrics. Yeah. But I'm still like, oh my god. I'm enjoying this song, like in spite of myself at this point. And I was just feeling the flow and it was a glorious piece of music. I hated this whole album except for this one song. (laughs) I could listen to this as like the soundtrack to my everyday life. It's that good. Wow. I, I am genuinely shocked how much you enjoyed the song. I mean, do I want to listen to it again? Not really, (laughs) but... (laughs) compared to like the rest of the album this thing is listenable it's a song yeah it's an actual song yeah yeah this thing is the in the mouth of madness of (laughs) Khaled Khaled hey um in the mouth of madness is a fucking great film it is a great film it's the best of the apocalypse trilogy in the mouth of madness is to cinema what this song is to Khaled Khaled I, I have to agree it's the pinnacle Wow. All right. So that's that piece of shit. Uh, so I the the one the one last note okay. I really had about this, and we sort of touched on it, but I wrote at the end, just like wrestling, there should be a flow to the album and not doing the same shit every song. There needs to be like a story. Mm-hmm. I think that should be told for like an album to really reach its full potential, you know, instead of just individual songs. 
And this next album is an album that I thought really accomplished that. I agree. And honestly, in many ways, I, I was kind of annoyed by how much they were doing it because this is by the band what, what's the name of the album Matt? all right let me let me intro this band you 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 cannot do the the glory that is this band justice this band is ungfell they're a duo from Gesundheit. Aha. this is a this is a two-man project from mechatakel and valent i'm sorry they have like they might have listened to this actually one guy does the guitar bass vocals lyrics composition additional instruments um, the other guy does the drums and additional percussion, and it's actually mixed and mastered by the guy who uh, originally rec- uh, recorded everything, too. This is Ungfell's third release, following up 2018's, I, like, I have such a hard time saying the name of the album, Mayfin Mara Pestilence, which is like mayhem, murder, and pestilence in English. Which is a tremendous album. It was it was my album of the year in 2018, and the album of the year for several other uh, black metal fans. Um, and this has been like a very long-awaited release because that album, their first album, is just worship of a specific band called Pesnyar, um, who are a very famous French black Gesundheit. metal band. Uh-huh. And these guys are very much influenced by the folk kind of medieval French black metal scene in general. Um, and on their first album, it was just very derivative in a good way, but it was derivative. Album two, you saw you saw Ungfell start to develop their actual own sound, and it it genuinely insp- it made me excited. And when with for this release, it was their chance to really personify that with what they put put out there, and I really feel like they accomplished that. Now, Ben, did you do? any reading about the story that's being told on this album because obviously it's all in swiss german so if you can't read that all of this is just words oh uh, i didn't i didn't know that that i could have done that so yeah um, so so for those listening so to this no. okay yeah so for those listening to this who haven't heard of Ungfell or have but haven't looked up what the album is about this is actually a concept album so it is telling one consistent story from track one to track eight about a medieval Swiss village in which a, a murder occurs and how it kind of tears apart the entire village and what happens. You know, it's Ungfell themselves uh, writes, uh, Ungfell abducts listeners on a sonic journey detailing moral ambivalence and treachery. Set in a seemingly idyllic rural village in pre-modern times, all is not as it seems tragedy strikes the town in the form of a horrific grisly murder unfounded accusations lead the town further astray while these occurrences of debauchery exceed the comprehension of the local inhabitants alas evil lurks where you may least expect it and that's huh. that story is actually as far as i can tell successfully translated from out from song one to song eight so what's actually interesting about that man and just what my overall notes show from this is i actually picked up on that without knowing the story the thing that oh, annoyed you did me it. you did it mechanical the thing that annoyed me is that half the songs aren't really songs they're they're really more musical interludes between four real like metal songs and they're fine interludes but for me it was kind of disappointing that there's just you know two minutes of basic tavern music to sort of set the scene and i felt like it was a little too samey the pacing of it 
What I will say, though, is that I noted it. I even wrote this down. I put feels like the album kept improving upon the previous songs and each one kept getting increasingly like harder metal. So the first song, the first like song song to me was like a standard metal song, but each one kept getting more intense and adding more instruments and increasing the stakes for each song. I like I'm I'm agreeing with you, but the words coming out of you are offending me. I'm like trying to not feel like a, like a, a metal elitist as I'm listening to you talk, and, and I'm like overwhelmed. I, I'm trying to say that I liked it goodly. You did, and I I agree with you. Is that I mean that you, the opinion you actually gave is mirrors very very much so what some other reviewers have actually said about this album and a little bit about Ungfell's previous release and. To an extent, I I would have I I had a similar opinion on Mayhem, Mirren, and Pestilence, where the interlude tracks or the atmospheric tracks really felt tagged on and not incorporated. But to me, what makes this album Es Glut so fantastic is that I really felt like those atmospheric moments were so well incorporated into the total production and presentation of the release. I was very excited. I don't want to say the word proud, but I was like very like, it's like watching someone that you love actually correct the small mistake they made before. And I think the the only mistake they made on their, Unfilled made on their last release was not incorporating those atmospheric moments well enough. And I feel like this album really fucking does that. And I think the first song, which you consider a filler track, which is, Es glut uben Dorf, uh, which translate to the village is dreadful, how no one can imagine. <laughs> oh. Well, if it starts out, the village is already dreadful. I, I thought the whole album was building up to it being dreadful. That, that's why it starts with that intro of the atmosphere with the animals. That's showing ah, you the atmosphere of the environment. And what I and now I'll, I'll ask you this, Ben, because you mentioned that you liked you liked this and it and it did things well. One thing that Menatelk, the lead the lead guy behind this band, said was that his his hope with Ungfell as a band is to create a a encapsulating atmosphere that that transports you to the story he's trying to tell. And in my opinion, this album does a very good job of capturing and utilizing atmosphere to such an extent, which might seem overboard. I, I agree, it's a lot. You have to want what he's doing here. And I think it actually creates a very strong atmosphere. I really much I very much feel the, you know, idyllic Swiss village in the mountains. Now you, you said that you felt like the, the atmosphere was a little overpresent, but do you feel like it actually created an atmosphere for you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I just thought it could have accomplished in like half the time. Uh, of those individual tracks? Yeah. Okay. Well, we did. I, I, I can see that. I, I will I, not. I, I mean, ju- just because, like, I get it. You want to get your shit over. You want to, you know, make Lean it into all. It. You, have to, you have to remember, this is this is black metal. This is the most theatric and, and self-indulgent genre out there. <sighs> Well, hey, man, you know what they say once you go black, right? But, um, no, my, for me, what it was is that 
I get that you want to tell stories, but I'm also here to listen to the band, right? And if you're going to have these three-minute interludes where the band's not doing what you're here for the band to do, I, I feel like that's just sort of... Yeah, and I would get that, but that that is what Ungfeld does. Like, that... Well, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that right. that is their... Like, when, you're, when, you, when you say, like, I'm here to just listen to the band play, if they didn't have those bits... I would be, like, disappointed. <laughs> Ungfell released a, a absolutely beautiful-looking vinyl for this, including a hardcover, like, package deal that has, like, illustrations and stickers of everything, which I think is absolutely fantastic. If you look at the album cover, which I think is fantastic, with uh, artwork with who I believe is from Misanthropic Arts, but I'll, I'll, I'll confirm that later. It presents this very beautiful and kind of strange album cover that's very flowy and almost fleshy looking. Up in the top right of the album artwork here, you actually see one of my favorite things, which is a reference to the movie um, The Wicker Man. You see the green man up in the corner, which is, uh, which is used throughout a lot of pagan artwork and pagan representation, in addition to these demonic festering creatures that are holding two Swiss villagers underneath the mountain range that this town stuck within, which I find fantastic and very fun. I think the artwork's a little silly, but in a fun way, in a fun way. One of the albums I'll shout out at the end here has equally as funny and silly artwork. And yeah, so we dive in. We, as Ben mentioned, starts with a bit of atmosphere as you hear the sounds of a actual village, uh, an actual farming village comes follows up directly with just some absolutely tremendous very traditional medieval style black metal riffing tremendous tremolo i think the production and the cleanliness that we see here in this album is actually probably my my highlight of the whole thing is how well it's mixed and on the first track you don't really get this point but when we get down to the second track which is called typhoon anazil we Haran something, which tra- I can only do the Gesundheit joke so many times. Yeah, which translates to Fi Tyfel's uh, counterpence. How your Hurin receives two children. Google Translate is a hot garbage tool. I think I think that track really does it. Where you can hear, and I don't know if you could hear this, Ben, um, but and a lot of black metal, especially of this style, the bass is completely like washed out and in the background, and. For me, the bass actually feels present throughout the whole album, which is actually, surprisingly enough, for people who don't listen to black metal, a a treat. Um, and I think the album has like a very fun, very rambunctious feeling to it. What did you think of this track number two, Ben? I thought, no, I, I thought it was a very standard metal song. I thought it was, you know, I was like, yeah, it's all right. I'm glad no, black it, metal is your standard for metal for for what standard metal sounds like. It, it it really is because of you, Matt. Thanks to you, like a standard metal song for me is is black metal. Because yeah, this <laughs> is every time you say that, I'm like I'm both cringing and smiling because this is the fart. Like when you say stand this, the music we're listening to is the farthest thing from standard as no, like the, music gets this, as music gets. This for me is an average metal song. This wow. is like par to me. I gave it a three out of five. Wow. Wrote, oh, out of five. Okay. Fe- Holy shit. Uh, yeah. I wrote, feels a bit long, but the way the lyrics play off each other is really good. feel like it could kick into a higher gear. I so, get that. For, 
Yeah. I, yeah. So for, f- for the start of it, right? That makes sense. Yeah, I feel like I yeah, I get it. I feel like it I feel like it kicks it off pretty well. I think it does it has a fantastic intro. Very traditional the young fell sound here at the beginning. It's you know, realistically, holistically theirs with these kind of crashing instrumentation. Yeah, and one of my favorite in black metal is uh, Menekel's. I'm sorry, what's his name? Menekel. I have no fucking idea how to say this man's name. I've never heard it pronounced. Like like medical. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to you, Ben. I want you to do your best. I I I I. How do you spell it? Spell it to me. It is M E N E T E K E L. Menekel. Yeah, that guy. Or Minetical. Say it with a you're, you're Swiss accent. You're and you're... Minetical. There you go, yeah. Minetical. Um, Minetical. Yeah. It is I, Minetical. The, the, the fourth time's to try black metal albums coming out next year, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that, yeah, so we have that first track, and then we go back to our very atmospheric. Matt, Matt how does it feel? This is important. How does it feel knowing that you're going to get all your metal friends to listen to this podcast and they're going to have to listen to you dragging me through trying to understand this right. album? Well, in, in that in that exact note, I'm going to shout out the Order of the Black Arts on Facebook, which is the uh, best black metal group on Facebook. Great, great people in it and is a is a wealth of information for black metal. Uh, I'm gonna, are they I'm kind gonna... and forgiving, Matt? Huh? Are they kind and forgiving? I, you know, I, not really. <laughs> All right, then <laughs> they're they black metal fans. They're good. Hey people. guys. Yeah, I'm gonna post this in that page. I pro- they they will hear this. Uh, at least my my wrestling figure Facebook page can beat the shit out of your black metal Facebook page. I don't know, well Ben, the, the average weight of your Facebook page is probably four times that of the average weight of my black metal page. So who knows? It's, it's, it's a know, battle because we know how to appreciate cuisine. Yeah, and we know how to baby. appreciate the cold and dark and dreadful music of the world. So after this, I'm gonna try to pronounce this one. D short sums law. Yeah, close enough. There's no act, Google literally couldn't translate this one. It D just short sums law. It just it just retranslated it as D Schwartz blah blah blah. This is another uh, atmospheric track. I will not say filler track to uh, maintain my own sensibilities. I think it is a very beautiful job. This this the aesthetic on this track is something I could just listen to. Uh, okay, this uh, this song title translates to D Schwartz law. How we deign goof path would be. Gazunde. You're so funny. And now we get to, I think, my favorite song on the album, which is Mord im Tobel, Winna Hilla Mord Began Weird. Um, Gazunde. Which which translates to Murder in the Topel, How a Devious Murder is Committed. This is Topel. I don't fucking know. Uh, a to a tobel, not a topel, a todel. What's a todel? A todel is a German word meaning gorge. So death in the gorge, murder Mur- in the gorge, murder in the gorge. How a devious murder is committed in a gorge. This is my favorite track on the album. It has some tremendous slower, almost doomy points before the song really kicks in, which I think it were fantastically well done, very well produced. Uh, this uh, this song does a great job of showing off the drumming skills and the actual care the producer gave to um, the drums to make sure they were really heard throughout the track. And 
it has the greatest instrument in music history, uh, the jaw harp. And, and, and Ben, please tell me yeah, you enjoyed I was, the... Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, why is there a weird boing in here all of a sudden? That's It's both a meme and a traditional Swiss instrument. It was it was like one of the only things people kept talking about on their last album is they used it like a bunch. And it's fucking awesome, so they brought it back because jaw harp is for life. So all, of, all jaw harp. I didn't have too much about this song. I said whole album has a dark carnival vibe to it. Lyrics sound good, raspy, but not too much, which is true. I like the sound of the guy's voice. It's it's just the right level of raspiness. I agree. I said weird boing. <laughs> yeah, jaw harp. And and then I said uh, great percussion. I gave it a three and a half out of five. All right, on a one to five scale, this is this is my only five out of five on the album outside of the. Uh, oh wow! I mean, there's all the every other song on the album's a four out of five. So the next song, which is S Chonuclear, oh, what the fuck that's supposed to mean, uh, which translates to how how accusations are tortured and visions are turned, uh, which I don't think is an accurate translation. But Ben, what did you think of this song? Song number five, seven minutes and 43 seconds. Longer than every song, almost half the songs on the last album. I put that it's like mixing a pub song with metal. Yeah. Language I Don't Know and The Road Warriors. So I really liked this song. This song was like where it started to flip over for me to being a really good album. Okay, this is where it kicked in. Yeah, I wrote, I feel like the constant interludes in these songs are starting to wear thin though. I put cowbell exclamation point. Fuck yeah. The ultimate form of a drum set being used to the limit. Except for this is an actual cowbell from a cow. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four out of five. Okay. That's high praise. That's a fucking great song. I love the opening scream right into the very yes. melodic sounding guitar. It's very like very wide and very... Like, I feel like this is what, if if you're someone from the Middle Ages and you're imagining hell, I feel like this is the song that would be playing at, like, the Demon Pub. Yeah, this is definitely the Demon Pub music. I think the other album that I'm going to shout out at the end of this podcast is closer to, like, what I think Middle, age, middle Ages people thought hell would sound like. Uh, this does sound like it sounds like those little dudes under the mountain on the cover just like singing the song and partying party party yeah uh so yeah that that's that song i'm not gonna say the name again track number five we get into track number six which is again another atmospheric um world building song i assume you uh you have similar opinions on this one ben i put why is half this album interlude this is a nice interlude but still yeah uh, I think to me these interludes are the songs of the people in the village and the other parts are the songs of the demons and murderers and I, I really like this song I think it sounds beautiful I could listen to an album of just this song uh, which is how the web is high graded as a hax Kazunde. yeah um, I like the song it's a good it's a, it's a filler it's a filler track I will agree insofar as that but I think it sets a very good atmosphere which takes us into our final full-length track. D. Ulifavon Heisenberg, Wien Todd und Verde Uf das Dorfelisables. I put it in my notes as the really long name one. How death and corruption fall upon the village. So this this song is personifying, you know, storyline wise, the village actually falling apart. Yeah, and this is my favorite 
song yeah in the album by a lot i write yeah this one's good fast-paced sing-along in a pub song with castlevania symphonics in the background holy shit drum breakdown towards the end is awesome and the bells top it off wonderfully yeah right constructed song 4.5 out of 5 I, I I feel like you feel about this song how I feel about the whole album. I I think that's probably right. I, I I think that personifies kind of both of our experiences with this track and this whole album. But I do this feels actually from like a, as your point earlier about the the album albums feeling like they need to have like an actual flow and world to them. This song actually to me feels like a conclusion. Like it feels like an actual story ending before we go into the actual final ending and i fucking love it i i mean i i could i could only say so much about it because it is just another another awesome black metal track with great use of the bells i think the percussion as you put Ben, is on top of the line here across this track and it shows again how good of a mixer uh mentakel is and what he can create atmospherically and in the middle i think his vocal performance is just like so crusty and his his voice is what you want a black metal artist to sound like yeah tim for this genre for this subgenre it's of black not metal, it's agree. not too goofy it's not too sludgy it's like right on that fine line between understandable if i could actually speak the language yeah. and being like deep and dark and murky I think yeah. I, I think I think that captures it pretty well. Overall, the album works very well. This is an album where outside of the last two song songs, I would never want to listen to any of these again. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it is black metal. I really feel like each song is just an improvement on the previous one and just adds more to it. Almost like there's snapshots of this town as it gets more and more fucked up, and that's yeah. probably what they were going for but yeah it, you know it it doesn't make me want to go back to the other songs but i i gotta say matt with the end of this song <laughs> we got to the end oh which yes means i'm very proud of myself i survived you did all of this i i feel like i did embarrass myself but in a respectable way you did you so you, you... i'm giving myself a barry horowitz pat on the back here I, I'll give you a little clap. I, I give this album a 4.5 out of 5 as well. I give you, Ben, a 5 out of 5 for effort. You you bring me as much joy as the fact that this album ends with yodeling. And it's just just tremendous. So, Ben, how you feeling? How does the podcast, As Above, So Below, flow for you? Uh, it's really not in my wheelhouse. I'm I'm trying I'm trying to keep up with you, Matt. I I, I understand it, it, it. This very much is a a music nerd, very very music nerd podcast idea. I, um, I feel right. I feel right now like how you did at the end of the wrestling figure one. <laughs> I'm confused, and a lot of things were said to me. I real real quickly before we keep going and talking about this, I do want to shout out the group that Ungfell is a part of. They are they are a part of the HUC, which is the uh, Helvetic Underground Committee, which is a That's a stupid fucking name. Fuck you, dude. They're awesome. I have a pin. I am a That's I am a, a proud fucking name. I am a oh proud my God. follower. They think, they think they're so metal, don't they? Look they the are Helvetic Underground Society. Look at, that. Look at that logo. I just sent you the logo. Look at that shit. 
Black it's metal. It's not in Helvetica, which means they're lying to themselves. No, they're Helvetic as fuck, dude. They have. There's a bunch of other uh, artists on their label, and all of them, but like two, I really love, uh, and I can't pronounce the names of any of them. Uh, but go check them out. They have a great. They have a great Instagram page. It's really outside of Ungfell's Facebook page, the only place you're going to get news on them and a lot of metal, black metal that sounds like them. Oh, Ben, real quick, just because you, you, you clearly love this band, listen to their pitch. When the feeble and misguided wield undue influence and disseminate their drivel, it is incumbent upon the practitioners of vile audio torment to unleash the unbridled force of their hideous craft so that those of free spirits may indulge, and the seeds of deformity may be planted in their souls. You, you know what, Matt? If if I was in a metal band, yes, I'd I'd be just like that. So you know, hats yep. off to them. This is think think kayfabe, think WWE. Ben, uh, here's a here's a bit of shoutouts. So after after that review of all these things, I got a couple shout outs for everybody so you guys get a get an idea of some other things you might want to listen to. The other most talked about album of April was the new album by a band called Spectral Wound. I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna send Ben a track from this album. I'm incredibly interested to see what he thinks of it compared to Ungfell, because technically they are playing the same genre of music. And then we're going to hit another album in the black metal scene that is doing, again, of not anything close to what Ungfell or Spectral Wound is doing, but still technically playing black metal. The album's called Mystical Extraction. The band is called Nun Gone Mage. It looks like it's supposed to be Gnome, but he typed N instead of M. Uh, Gone Mage, it is a... Ben, I, I want to get your, your input on what, this, what I'm about to describe to you as, okay? It is... Okay. Chiptune black metal. That sounds stupid. It's fucking here. Wait, look at this album art. No, that's pretty metal. Damn. Right? <laughs> you have to really like both of those things to get go, go with where this is going, and I do. So uh, check it out because it's insane and weird, uh, and it's chiptune. And I own one of the fifty copies of the uh, of the tape, and I want to feel justified by other people liking them. That's um, awesome. And now, since we talked about a rap album earlier in this episode, I decided to shout out a recent rap release that I loved, which is actually a re-release of the debut album by my favorite hip-hop group, Clipping. Clipping is, in oh, my I've opinion... Oh, I've listened to the, them. They're really cool. Yeah, they're one of the best groups in hip-hop, in my opinion. They're kind of underground, kind of not. David Diggs from Hamilton is their lead singer and has been prior to being in Hamilton, but... This album and this band is fantastic. So they and they just recently re-released their initial EP called Wiggle, and they expanded on it and added some additional tracks and features, and it's awesome. So I highly recommend you check out Diabolic Twist by Spectral Wound, uh, Mystical Extraction by Gone Mage, and the re-release of Wiggle by Clipping, which has my favorite intro. Okay, so actually very interesting, Ben. So you know the DJ Khaled thing where he says his name at every song. I think yes. I think Clipping does a version of that the best, where in their song intro for this album Wiggle, 53 seconds, and it ends with one of my favorite intros to an album, which is after all these verses. It's like, and it's Clipping, bitch. And then it like fades out into like really intense static. And it's just, mwah. it's a magnifique. So check out those three albums. 
All right, those were some good shout-outs, Ben. Uh, what else did you have to say about the show today? I, I feel like I just went back in time and came back, and I'm, I'm kind of nauseous now. Do you know where the bathroom is? Two doors to the left. <laughs> he missed. <laughs> oh, good eats. <laughs> good eats. Uh, DJ Khaled. I feel like if we're going to talk about something, Another one. we need to have something that we know about a bit more than DJ Khaled. That that album was awesome. I'm very glad that was our intro to, to Billboard Top 100 music. Oh, bro, it killed me. You, at the very least, in the future, you should send me the good album first. Because <sighs> like listening to the bad one and then the good one makes it so hard for me to get into the second one. The hard, the thing was, I when I sent the albums, I didn't know the DJ Khaled album was bad yet. Oh, I see. I had just picked the number one album. Is that why you sent it to me? And then you were like, hey, Ben. Yeah. This one sucks. Well, you know what they say, Matt. If you can't pick out the right album the first time around, Mm -hmm. you go back. Then you try a second time, but maybe the second time it's not working. No. Maybe the third time you pick out an album and it's a Khaled piece of shit. Well, maybe, Matt. Just maybe you'll get it right on the fourth time. You know why? Why is that, Ben? Because the fourth time's the charm. (laughs) Good morning. I gotta tell you this every episode it's good morning i say good night and you say good morning good afternoon a, we're never gonna have a magoostillations if you don't straighten up it is i the metal vampire oh have you been talking about my music